Hey gang, this is Emily, and I want to talk to you quickly about your period. Did you know that it takes disposable pads and tampons an average of 500 years to decompose in a landfill? Luna Pads, however, is the OG of reusable period products made with love in Vancouver, Canada. Luna Pads makes eco-friendly, zero-waste period solutions for all bodies and all genders. Check them out at lunapads.com and get 15% off with the promo code BUST. Hello. Hello. And welcome to Pop-Tarts. Beep, 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 beep. I'm Emily Rems. And I'm Callie Watts. We are both editors at Bust Magazine in New York City. We love talking to each other about pop culture, and we love talking to you about pop culture. And today we have a very special guest. You may not immediately recognize our guest's name, but you will definitely for sure recognize her voice. E.G. Daly is an actor, voice artist, and singer best known for voicing Tommy Pickles on Rugrats. Buttercup on the Powerpuff Girls, and Babe the Pig in Babe Pig in the City. And personally, I've been utterly charmed by her since 1985 when she starred as Dottie, the female lead in one of the greatest films ever made, ever, ever, (laughs) ever, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. She's not even faking that, that she loves Pee-wee's Big Adventure. (laughs) Welcome to the show. She's a pop culture place here, and I'm a pop culture kind of artist, so yeah, that's cool. We're so glad to have you here. Thank you. Oh, I made out with Pee-wee for sure. My boss is a pig. My boss is a pig. You're the voice of my childhood. Well, that's less, not a feminist. It's more just lazy. I relate. (laughs) You are in New York celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Powerpuff Girls. I can't believe that it's been 20 years. Sunrise, sunset. Um, because, of course, you did the voice of Buttercup, who is obviously the best Powerpuff Girl. <laughs> of course. She was the black-haired sister who was every like Riot Girl's favorite in the 90s and early 2000s. I definitely had Buttercup accoutrement all over. Were you Buttercup as a kid? I'm Buttercup now. Okay. <laughs> How do you think the show has aged over the years? How does it hold up? I think it's just as strong now as it was then. I think it's just the concept of it is so incredible of having these little girls that have superpowers and they do good for the world. And I think it's uh, kind of timely right now that it's that it's like the 20-year anniversary because women are speaking up now and they're being more powerful and they're using their voice and they're using their superpowers. So it's amazing. Right. I have to agree. Like I feel like there's so much focus right now on female rage that it's time for Buttercup to be, I would say, like as big as Hello Kitty in terms for of shizzle. us all just wearing butter. You know, I feel I've always sort of felt like the pussy hats were kind of like meh for the the uh, women's uprising in the resistance, and I'd much rather have something more Buttercup based. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'd she like just to replace it, and, but she's tiny, which I I like that she's uh, that that strength comes in all sizes. So it's uh-huh. good. yeah, and. Along with acting and voice acting, you're also an accomplished pop music artist. Mm -hmm. And you've released four albums. You were featured on The Voice in 2013. And in November, you released a video for a new single called So Pretty. Yeah. Um, It's delightfully pissed off. I love, <laughs> I love how pissed off and yet danceable it is. Um, and you sing, Why I Gotta Be So Pretty, Don't Want to Keep It Up No More. Yeah. And you're alongside all kinds of women who are 
beautifully unpackaged in every way, just being their natural gorgeous selves. If I wear my high heels, would you like me better? If I smile brightly, would you like me better now? If I cheat my body, get a bigger booty, oh. How about now? Do you like me now? Tell me the story behind the song and the video. I know your daughters are in the video with you. Yeah, they come in towards the end. Why? What are you reacting to? Who are you trying to reach? So I was um, writing with these two guys and... After they left and we had written So Pretty, it happened so quickly that they left and I just felt this really strong desire to release it myself because the message has been the thread through my whole career. Since I was a little girl, it was, you know, it was all, when I was a little tiny girl, it was like, am I as cute as that little tiny, you know, girl over there for commercial auditions? And then as I got older, it was like, Am I this enough? Am I that enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I, oh, my eyes aren't twinkly blue. My eyes are twinkly brown. Is my booty big enough? Is my booty small enough? And throughout the years, it just seemed to be like, uh, it seems to have gotten more intense. And now there's so much self-objectifying, especially when you know, like when you talk about the Kardashians, the Kardashians are amazing at marketing and beauty and fashion, but they've also kind of brought in a lot of the objectifying of, you know, a lot of like the bigger booties and the, you know, and the all kinds of augmentations of different kinds. And all that's cool. I don't judge any of that. But what I, what I do, what the feeling that came out about the So Pretty song was that there's a lot of emphasis being put on the outsides and not enough filling up on the inside so that you don't even feel your beauty on the outside because you're so empty on the inside. And what happens is when you have to do so much to your outsides to feel good, that means to me is really telling that there's some insecurities going on in the insides that really need to be, uh, a lot of love needs to be put around that. Mm -hmm. And so that's why So Pretty to me was like, it's affected me my whole life being like an actor, like, am I thin enough? Am I pretty enough? And my daughters are millennials, Hunter and Tyson. So they're like at an age now where it's, you know, actually they've always been vain and wanting to look beautiful. They're both beautiful girls inside and out, but it's, it's really hard now with the um, cameras and the, and the selfies and the filters mm -hmm. that has just become a, it, it, to me, it just felt like a really necessary um, a message that it was like, all that's fine if you want to look great on your outsides, but let's take care of the insides and do a lot more self-care, a lot more self-love, a lot more becoming a better person so that you actually feel like a good person on the inside. So that's what that's about. So pretty. <laughs> I would imagine that being, you know, you have a very visual presence when you're being a film actor when you're being a television actor when you're doing when you're doing music videos or music performances but then voice acting is just as big of a part of your career is that a relief to be able to separate yourself from the visual aspect oh you mean to like wear my pajamas when I go to work anytime I want to if I want to yes yeah <laughs> I love that because I get to be I get to be all kinds of people I get to be an inanimate object I get to be a ball I get to be the voice of a chicken I get to be the voice of a flower like it's so awesome to not have to worry about how I look or what my age is or what my age isn't or where my body size is or isn't it's all just about totally my talent and my voice that comes out of my mouth it's so incredibly cool I've often been talking about how podcasting is this 
great release of all of this great female talent because there's been all of these predominantly male gatekeepers where if you were a woman with something to say in the media, you had to be someone's idea of fuckable before you were able to do that. And podcasting has been the sort of great equalizer to get all of this amazing talent that maybe didn't get past those gatekeepers in the past has all come flooding forward in this revolution of women putting their voices out into the world. And I was wondering if, if those same gatekeepers, because voiceovers are still part of the Hollywood system, are still part of the, not voiceovers, but voice acting, in terms of big Hollywood films that require voice acting, are those same gatekeepers only letting fuckable women do voice acting, or is it similar to podcasting? Honestly, it's kind of, uh, the thing that's so cool about it is that, um, no, with voiceovers, there's a little bit now, whereas before it wasn't so much, but now there's a little more emphasis on celebrities doing voiceovers. So there's a little bit of like, gatekeepers now censoring we want to get some like a-lister celebrities in on these animated shows whereas more in the past it was sort of like we want the best voices for these animated mm-hmm. characters mm-hmm. however what's really cool is you know is women uh can play boys and you know there's a there's yeah. a gender gap that's not a gender gap anymore like for me i specialize in little boy voices so um they need me so they can't they can't use that whole gatekeeper we're not gonna let her in because they need me yeah and so <laughs> it's a little bit different now they need me to do a little boy's voice because they can't get a little boy because their voice changes with puberty and stuff so yeah. when you're doing a little boy voice like tommy pickles you were never a little boy so as an actor oh maybe i was <laughs> you don't know <laughs> <laughs> what are you drawing upon as an actor is there really any difference playing a little boy and a little girl in your mind not really because they're still um having feelings having relationships having connections to people some they like some they don't i mean it's all the same stuff we go through as a woman or as a man or I think it's just relating and connecting and each person you have a different connection to. So I think as, as Tommy Pickles, he just, he just, uh, I think Tommy, especially, he just sees people for like, are they cool? Are they sweet to me? Are they nice to me? Are they an adventurer? You know, he doesn't, Tommy Pickles doesn't really judge. I mean, maybe Angelica because Angelica is kind of mean sometimes. So (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. No. Anyway, (laughs) You're famous for so many different aspects of your career, but I am most starstruck, obviously, that you played Dottie in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I'm just wondering if you can tell me, like, literally absolutely everything about making that movie. Start from the beginning (laughs) and don't stop till you're at the end. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, (laughs) that was one of those jobs where I actually had to audition for it. Like, and and you auditioned a lot. I auditioned a lot when I was younger, but um, some of the jobs I just started getting, but that one I had to audition for. And they had people in there, like, uh, downtown Julie Brown, not downtown Julie Brown, but Julie Brown, some comedian-ish type women that were a little bit quirkier. And it was just like a regular audition. It was, I think it was at Warner Brothers. And all I remember them saying is though they're doing this like kind of pop culture type of uh, thing with this Pee Wee Herman character. And it's being directed by Tim Burton, who's this up and coming. And we have really high hopes for him. And they it said, was his first feature, yeah, right? Yeah, it was. And they oh, said God. that he... Um, That's crazy. Yeah, they said that he had done this um, short on a dog. And it was really Frank great. Frank and Weenie. Yeah, it was really spectacular. And so we didn't really have any... I had no expectations. I was just like, oh, cool. I booked this movie. 
And then the next thing you know, we're on the set at Warner Brothers and there was this like cereal making machine in this crazy looking kitchen. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. And at that moment, it was when I realized they're, they're putting a lot of money into this movie because I did a lot of movies back then. And I was like, yeah, I just would come in and do one. Some of them half the time they didn't have money for wardrobe like Valley Girls. We had to wear our own wardrobe, sometimes bring our own stuff from home. Like there was no money on that movie, but that movie blew up. Yeah. But Pee Wee's Big Adventure, I was kind of like looking around like, Oh, there's some money being put into this movie. <laughs> and was the craft w- service as good? Yeah, probably was. <laughs> it probably was. And then you also I also got a chance to watch Tim Burton like early on and notice the genius that he was, the mad scientist genius that was coming out of him. And so it was just an incredible experience. And then of course I got to be friends with Paul Rubens, who's still my good friend and a sweetheart, and I do a lot of like autograph conventions with him and we we do photo ops together. and Are you dying over there? Mm, I'm dying. You're dying. Yeah. <laughs> he's my good friend. He's really sweet and he always like, he's, that, he's really interesting because he never forgets your birthday. Like I think when you're friends with him, like when it's my birthday, I'll literally get funny like vintage GIF. What are those GIFs? Yeah. GIF texts from him from morning till the end of my birthday. Aww. That's pretty incredible. There was a rumor floating around at the time that you guys were slightly romantical. Was that? Oh, just- I made out with Vivi for sure. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it at that. Ah, oh, I love that that happened. <laughs> I love everything about it because he's, he's a rebel, Dottie, a loner. But you won't go the drive-in with me. <laughs> that drive-in, man. That's relationship <laughs> goals. Yeah. Hashtag relationship goals. Yeah. Uh, you were also a child actor. You started when you were eight. Is that correct? Yes. And you were on big TV shows like Laverne and Shirley and Chips and Fame and all that stuff as a kid. Well, Did I you... forgot about Fame. You feel oh, bad yeah. about Fame? I forgot about it. Oh, yeah, like a, I think I had a recurring part on that. I was a character named Smokey who sang like Somewhere Over the Rainbow and I sang on that show. It was pretty cool. That show was so I, That was good. a great show. I totally yeah. had forgot about that what was your experience growing up as a working actor were you able to avoid the pitfalls that like we hear no about no you weren't no I mean I had to deal with a lot of um internally I dealt with a lot of like insecurity like why didn't they want me or you know there was a lot of that internally I had to deal with like am I like I said there was always that part of me that was like am I this enough am I that enough and I definitely think I had an internal part of me that was really protecting myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had the Me Too stuff was all over my growing up. I don't know what the industry would have been without it. I just knew that I figured out as a little girl how to navigate many, many weird situations that were weird and, but to me, I thought were just normal. Uh-huh. And I just thought that's what you did as a girl. You just kind of figured out a way to deal with that guy whipping his privates out and, trying to put his, your hand on him or whatever it was, uh-huh. I just found weird, funny ways to kind of like have a sense of humor or, you know, which which kind of was my street smart part of me. And I, I, I managed to protect myself from getting into any real problems. But it was part of the culture, I think. And, um, and other than that, I, I think I just had a really interesting, strong, like I didn't have anybody in the business that could teach me how to do things. I just figured it out. I didn't have like nepotism. I didn't have a family member who was an, a director or producer. My family was like French, Tunisian, North African Jews that migrated here from Europe in a trailer. And so we didn't have, um, we didn't, I didn't have any ex, an experience. So I had everything just like 
I just figured it out and nobody told me. And I did develop a big, strong part of myself that learned to listen to myself. And that's why I tell everybody, I teach everybody like, listen to your body more than anything else. It's like, if this feels shitty, it's probably shitty. Yeah. If this feels like a hell yeah, it's probably really good. If this is like a fuck no, it's a fuck no. Like it's that simple to just take, be very intuitive with your own body, whether the entire room is saying to you, this is good. You should mm. do this. I had that really strong sense inside myself that was like, they're all saying this is good, but I don't like it. Something inside of me is saying it's a no. And so that part of me, I think, was what sort of protected me growing up in this business. Having experienced all that, what is the hashtag Me Too movement like for you now, witnessing what's going on? I can't even believe that it happened, to be honest. I sort of thought, like, how are they ever going to nip that in the bud? Because it's so prevalent. Yeah. It's so prevalent. It was so all over the place. So to me, I was kind of like, is this really happening? I was really blown away. And I was blown away at the women that stepped up, all those women that got their voices and used their voices. And I'm a voice girl. I'm all about the voice. Like, I use my voice to be a voice for the voiceless. Like, I do a lot of animal activism and rescue and... I use my voice to speak up about things that matter and I use my voice to fight for things and all these women started coming up and using their voices. So to me, I was like, hell yeah, this feels good. And I I didn't think it would go as far as it did. I thought, how are they really going to take down a Harvey Weinstein or how are they going to... And it happened. I was like, wow, this is really happening. Like this thing that was a culture that men just thought it was okay, it was part of the natural order of things, became something that was like, no. So it was pretty cool. And as the mother of, of two daughters, I'm not sure if they're interested in the industry or not, but how do you feel about if they were interested in the industry, would you let them partake? Well, they're both in the industry. They're like in my it. daughters are like, I have two daughters. One is Hunter. She goes by The Hunter Daily on Instagram. You check her out. She's a great artist, singer, songwriter, great singer, songwriter, and she's an actress. And she's beautiful too, inside and out but has had to deal with her own issues around beauty mm-hmm. and, and insecurity around her own beauty because in Hollywood there's beauty and then there's even more beautiful and more beautiful and more mm-hmm. beautiful. And so it, it really taps into like, but I'm not as pretty as that girl. And it's like my girls and I really work on loving each other from the inside out. And my other daughter is Tyson and she's an incredible singer, songwriter, artist. She's an artist like if you check her out, she's I am not Mike Tyson on Instagram. <laughs> they're both millennials. Tyson is I am not Mike Tyson. But if you see the work that they're both doing, it's pretty monumental. And they're both, they're very interested in the beauty and fashion world, but they are also very interested in being real and staying connected to theirs, themselves and listening to what feels good and what doesn't feel good. They both really apply themselves to learning how to deepen themselves so that the outsides, though we still have to deal with our insecurities, they know when they're getting real insecure, they better look inside, and which is what the So Pretty thing came about, too. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's an accident that so many of your roles have literally become iconic. We just talked about Pee-wee's Big Adventure, yeah. Rugrats, Powerpuff Girls, Babe. These are really huge, formative parts of many, yeah. many people's childhoods. Yeah. What is it about you that kids seem to relate to so strongly? Me as a person? I feel like it's you. There's something that comes through in your voice. That's really interesting. That makes the characters that you embody, like, really get into the brains of the kids who are watching them. 
Um, I think I really, um, I think I really get kids. I think I really get, I feel like I, I feel like there's such a huge part of me that is a kid. I feel like there's such a huge part of me that, um, has so much compassion for kids. Like I just feel like they need to be protected. So I feel like there's a big protective part of me. I think the same part of me that loves animals so much and how innocent they are, um, feels like I have a big responsibility to take care of them. You know what I mean? And so I don't know why the universe brought me this career where I have to do voices for kids. And, <laughs> you know, and I do characters like Dottie who kind of was like a kid. Mm-hmm. And I sang the two and a half men theme song who was supposed to be the kid on that. You know, the men, right. men, men, oh. men, 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 men. <laughs> That's me. But it's like, it seems to be like a lot of things just wrap around me being a kid, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, I don't know. I don't really know what it is, but it happened and it happened for a reason. And I'm a safe person for it to happen for because I, I take full responsibility for being responsible and protective of kids. And you have a very youthful energy in person Thanks. sitting with you. There's <laughs> there's just like a, a very I'm putting my youthful vibe. Yeah, I feel like I'm a kid. I mean, I honestly sometimes I just marvel at like but I'm an adult, but I'm actually <laughs> this age. And I'm like, but I'm this age. And then the other part of me is like, no, I'm just a kid. They don't know, but I'm just a kid. No, they're talking about you know. So yeah, I just think I've, there's a big part of me that's like a kid. Yeah, I just realized this recently when the Mister Rogers documentary came out. I don't know yeah. if you saw that. Yeah, it was but awesome. Mister so Rogers is the bedrock. I'm on live on Instagram now. So <laughs> I'm gonna say hi, but I don't want to move it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so go so on. So I. Went to the Mr. Rogers documentary. I started crying during the opening credits. Didn't stop until afterwards. The security guard at the theater brought me tissues. Because (laughs) I was a wreck throughout. There's something so emotional about the things that you latch onto in childhood. I feel like I was crying at that time because... It was sort of like an emotional reaction to how cruel the world feels right now. And like, yeah. especially with the administration and he was just such a kind yeah. person. And he really got it all and was feeding it through this kids show that was so above everything everybody else was dealing with. And yeah, of course we cry because being a kid is such an innocent part of our lives. It's so powerful and feeling safe is such a big deal, you know, to feel safe. And mm-hmm. and he sort of made a space where everybody could feel safe. Mr. Rogers was got it. He got it. I feel that you get it too. And it makes me wonder, since your voice is the bedrock of a lot of other people's childhoods, just like Mr. Rogers was for me, do people have emotional reactions when they hear your voice, when they meet you? Yeah, a lot of people do. Sometimes at autographs, they don't even can't say two words and they'll start crying like, you're the voice of my childhood. And it's so sweet. And they cry and I just hold them and I get to hold them, whereas they've been seeing me and hearing me, and then I get to hold them, and it's just really magical and sweet. It's pretty incredible. I imagine people ask you to do this voice or that voice all the time. Is it a drag, or are you into it? It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, because it's a gift that I got, and I get to be of service with this voice, and I get to give them a gift. And it's funny, because I had this hairdresser once. Actually, she was at Supercuts. I loved her. She was my girl, Rosanna, from Supercuts. And she was the bomb hairdresser. My friends like, why do you go to Supercuts? I'm like, the girl is the bomb. You got to go to Supercuts. So I would go to her, and she was washing my hair in this shampoo bowl, and she'd say, 
if I were you, if I could sing or use my voice, I would do it all the time for people because it makes people happy. And it was such a sweet message, but it was so profound because I realized it is such a gift to get to do that for a living and to get to move people with my voice and remind them of their childhood and give them that kind of comfort that you felt when you saw, when you heard about Mr. Rogers' movie, you watched it and you felt the feelings about being a kid you know, I get to do that. And that lady reminded me of that. She goes, if I could sing, I would sing all the time. You know, it's pretty cool. Which is which voices are you requested the most? I think Tommy Pickles, obviously, and Buttercup. Those are the, t- the main ones. Then there'll be the token like Babe. And then there'll be like the Happy Feet, Baby Mumble, because they do oh, like feet. My feet are happy, Pa. He's a little kid. He's really cute. And are you a feminist? Mm. You know, I wouldn't really say that totally. Okay. I would say there is a piece of me that might be because um, obviously there's a piece of me that feels like everyone deserves to be treated equally. So for sure in that respect, like why not? You know, but I think um, there's little parts of me that just let men do certain things because I think they do it better. Some things I just feel safer. Like what? That's so cute. Like what? Like lifting heavy things, lifting heavy objects. Well, that's less, not a feminist, that's more just lazy. I guess that's not, I don't know if it's lazy, I just think they're strong, they're physically like stronger in some respects and you know, some women are strong too. Does that Um, make you not a feminist to ask a man to lift a heavy thing? No, I guess not. I guess, (laughs) I guess not. Um, I definitely, I mean, I guess, I guess if I, uh, I really have to think about that question, um, I, I can't really say, I don't really want to say like, I'm a feminist. I want to say that I believe in that everyone should be treated equal. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really like It's labels. pretty much the same thing. It is, I guess, right? Yeah. I guess. Okay. So if you want to put a label on it, I guess you could put that label <laughs> on it. What do you guys think? Amongst many hats, you know, you can, yeah. I guess. I, if it, if it helps, I would offer that when I think of feminism, I think that men and women should be treated equally in society, yeah. should have all the same rights and privileges. Absolutely. 100%. I agree with all that. And so I don't that, think that that's, that's true yet. No, I don't think so at all. If that's what being a feminist is, then I am a feminist. <laughs> you won. You won. <laughs> they won. You guys. Are Do you, th- <laughs> I would like to know because you know them better than anyone. Which of your characters are feminists? Is Dottie a feminist? Um, yeah, I would say so. Buttercup. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Tommy Pickles. Well, Tommy's a boy, so you can he still loves be women. A yes, he loves too. women, and he, I would say yes. And Babe the he Pig wants equal rights. Babe. Yeah. What about Happy Feet Penguin? Well, he's so little, he doesn't know what he is yet. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a baby. A little baby. Uh, I'm going to tread lightly on this one, but I do want to ask. Okay, I'm scared now. I was indignant on your behalf when I learned that the father of your children is Rick Solomon because of the Paris Hilton tape Mm -hmm. that he was in the, the sex tape three years after your divorce Mm -hmm. and everyone saw him having intercourse all over the whole world. Yeah. And I feel indignant that you had to endure such fuckery (laughs) and I want to know how you did it. And if you have any advice for other people who find themselves fuckery adjacent, (laughs) fuckery adjacent, uh, you know, at the time, it was like I was an automatic pilot because for me, honestly, at the time, I was thinking about protecting my children, right. keeping my girls from 
people at school, teachers at school. It was all over the press. Yeah. It was on in magazines. My my kids were so little at the time that they would open up a magazine and be like, oh, mommy, daddy's in the magazine with Paris. You know, every magazine you would open, it would be daddy and Paris Hilton. Uh, so my my concern was really, really just protecting my children from all of the people that were coming up to them. Oh, I see your dad and I hear they were little enough to where they didn't couldn't really read those magazines. And I thank God at that time that that was the case because it was too much of a subject for them at that age. Yeah, yeah. especially since that was like the first yeah porn to to break out like that. Really, yeah, yeah it was too much. Um, the next part of me is you know. I had some wounds from that. I had some wounds about that because I was trying to save my marriage at that time mm. because I love my husband and there's a lot of incredible things about him and people don't know that side of him. And there's also a feisty part of him, but people don't know the really, he's he's a pretty incredible guy in a lot of various ways. But at the time when I was trying to save my marriage and he was having substance abuse issues, which I think are the crux of a lot of the problem. A lot yeah. of the problems, and it's kind of known, and he's sober today, thank God, and doing great, and able to well, be that's a great wonderful. dad. Yeah, and um, I think at the time, that was the crux of a lot of the stuff, but the truth was, the the real truth was this, is that a lot of people thought he was this terrible person because he sold this tape, but he did not sell that tape, which wasn't really publicized. He didn't sell that tape. It was, the tape was stolen by somebody that we knew, and they sold it, and they signed for it. And so he was like, "What's happening?" That so he is was in, fucked. yeah, he was in just as much a a state of surprise as um, everyone else. It's just that he got dogged as this terrible guy who sold this sex tape, but that's not really what happened. And then there was a lot of back and forth with it. And then once it was out, it was out. And so then, uh, to be honest, I think everybody benefited from it, including Paris, because I think it did transform her career in a strange way. Mm-hmm. And um, and again, my whole thing was just how can I protect my kids from all of this? That was it. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Let's look towards the future. Yeah, let's do that. What are your hopes and your dreams and your plans for 2019? We, the year is still young. What you got cooking? It's really funny because this isn't the kind of year where I was like, I'm going to go into this year and I'm like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. There was some of that. But I did a lot of, I planted a lot of seeds this year. Like there's a lot of shows that I've, couple of them that I'm producing like as an in the animation world like there's one called Maddie and Friends that I'm the lead character of but I'm also a producer on so I'm kind of more morphing a little more into producer female producer mode and just being a little bit more on top of things instead of being like can I have a job you know just more of like no I'm gonna produce this be the boss I'm gonna be the boss bitch and then I'm gonna now that I'm a feminist, y'all. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Heard it here. She turned me. <laughs> she turned me into a feminist. That's what my mom would always say, like, when I would hang out with Romy. Can I say that story? So Romy's, like, my best friend, and she's also, uh, she's my bad best friend. She's my tour manager, too, but I've known her for forever. And, and when I first met her, Romy's gay, and she can she'll share that. And my mom would say, like, be careful. If you hang up with Romy, she may turn you. <laughs> I thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. I guess she my... probably learned that's not how it works. That's so. not quite how it works. But yeah, I turn myself sometimes anyway. <laughs> and I, yeah. Fair. But anyway, so uh, so I'm doing some other shows. I've got um, another show I'm, I'm actually pitching right now. Um, that's awesome. That's really cool. We just pitched Nickelodeon. We have another meeting. And then there's... Um, 
uh, Rugrats just got, they just announced a big reboot for Rugrats, which is really cool. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, they, they announced a really big reboot with a feature film. Now, I can't say more about it because I don't know more about it. But, but I we say, need to know that you're still Tommy. Well, I, w- I can't even say anything like that. I will just say that there is definitely a reboot and it's going to be awesome. And I can't imagine it being anybody else, but seriously. I'll say that. No, seriously, that would be not awesome. And what are they doing for the Powerpuff Girl anniversary? Powerpuff Girls... Um, sadly, they replaced all our voices when they did their reboot. So they changed the voices up. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was a, a supposedly a producer guy that came in that decided it would be kind of cool to try some maybe younger girls. That's trash. I wasn't for it. Yeah, I know. A lot of people <laughs> weren't for it, and I can't really even judge any. But I will say that we were all a little bit surprised when that happened. And we all felt a little bit like, because we did the pilot for the new reboot thinking that we were going to do the series. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden we found out there was a casting for the Powerpuff Girls. So it was a little bit disheartening. And and that, again, that's not something that you would say Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network is an incredible network. That's sometimes like a new person coming in just saying, hey, let's try something new. So I'm all about trying new things. It just wasn't fun for us to then change it up you're the only buttercup for i'm me. the only buttercup but anyway and the other thing you'd said about what my goals were so the other thing i would say is is to do more acting i think i'm feeling like it's time to do more acting the song so pretty was like a passion thing for me so i want everybody to check that out obviously so pretty on my eg daily youtube page or it's on youtube there's also some blooper reels on there on my Instagram, which is real EG daily. And there's some funny blooper reels from the actual shoot, which I didn't want to release right away because it gets even a little diggier about the subject matter. Did you see any of those on my Instagram? No. Oh yeah. There's a couple of diggier ones where there were some takes we did where I actually did a little more, um, pressing on the issue of changing yourself up a little. And I have this big booty at one point. It's kind of fun. Um, (laughs) yeah. Madonna just did a, Booty yes. Oh, yeah. On New Year's, she showed up at uh, Stonewall yeah. with some a crazy appendage. But I love her what reply was, was like, she was just like, I'm going to just do whatever I want. My no, I love that about Madonna. I forget what, how she phrased it, but she was like, don't worry about my butt. My butt is going to be doing its thing. Yeah. yeah, no, I love that about her. Um, I just uh, I just worry. I just worry also, too, because I did some research on that butt augmentation thing. The, it's so a, dangerous. It's People really die. Da- it's really dangerous. Yeah. It's one of the... It's very dangerous because I think they put, I don't want to say because I'm not a doctor, but I read, I researched it a little bit and they, they put the fat into the body and the booty and then it goes in the bloodstream and then sometimes yeah, it can somebody, cause stroke or it was can it cause someone from <coughs> Love and Hip Hop or something had to get her but un, undone. Right. Yeah, to undo, because undo it was the giving her blood that? poisoning. Yeah. yeah I forget her, what her name was, but it's she had really to dangerous. go, go un, unbutted. Yeah, yeah. If and, you um, want a big butt, eat eat some more Cheetos. Right? That doesn't work for everyone, though. Cheese nips, right? Yeah, <laughs> and again, just be safe. Like it's dangerous, so don't let your vanity get so much in the way where you put your life at risk. It's dangerous. She's padding. Yeah, I love Pad. your plans for the year. <laughs> I can't wait to follow them. Can all. I tell you my biggest goal? Please do. My biggest goal, obviously, to support my my daughters in all their beautiful art and really lift them up. But as I do a lot of animal work is to just find a way to be even a bigger messenger for the animal abuse and the animal 
um, neglect that goes on in the planet. And my ultimate goal is to just be a massive voice globally for for animals on the planet. And just, we need that now yeah. since Trump just doesn't even care. He doesn't care. He doesn't give any fucks. Thank God there's a lot of people who do care and thank God that... Being, Actually, he does care and his care is, I don't give any fucks. Yeah, <laughs> I care about He doesn't have Trump's a dog, right? He's money. the first president that doesn't have a dog. Like that's... <laughs> that's telling though there's something telling yeah is, he that. is isn't he yeah, they all had dogs house or cat or cat yeah but uh i don't even know but yeah so that's when i wouldn't I, trust him with a pet at all yeah yeah wouldn't trust him with a wife either yeah. no <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> that's why he runs through so many yeah. well we're gonna take the the shortest of breaks and okay. when we come back i'm gonna ask eg i'm gonna okay. ask callie and hopefully you guys will ask me what you watching? We the ladies, in order to form a more perfect union, basically want to figure out what the FDR is going on. Presenting Let's Get Civical, hosted by me, Lizzie Stewart. And me, Arden Walentowski. A podcast where we break down politics and government structure. But in a super fun way. Every week, we will unpack how our country works. Or doesn't work. Looking at things like the First Amendment. What does that actually mean? Or the history of political parties. How in Lincoln's name did we get here? Or impeachment. How hasn't it happened yet? With incredible guests and lots of surprises. It's like being in your American government class with your best friends. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher at Let's Get Civical. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram for all of our exciting updates. And let's get civical. Before we get back to the show, I want to tell you about our new sponsor, Wolfie Vibes Publicity. If you're working on a new project and find yourself in need of a kick-ass publicist who communicates well and works tirelessly to get you the coverage you're after, consider going to Wolfie Vibes Publicity. Wolfie Vibes Publicity is a female-owned and operated boutique PR firm that will get you where you need to be, and you'll even have fun in the process. Get in touch via WolfieVibesPublicity.com for details and quotes, and tell them that Pop-Tart sent you. And we're back. Hello. As is our custom, we are going to begin with our lovely guest. E.G. I'm scared. What you're watching? And when I ask what you're watching, mm-hmm. I mean all pop culture, books, movies, TV, music, writing on the bathroom wall, anything that you're consuming pop culturally, we want to know about it because it's probably cool. Like, give me examples. Um, for example, we've definitely been watching Surviving R. Kelly. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. And Have that's been that the yet? hot topic. No, Romy was just telling me about that today. It is a voyage. But yeah. if that's not what you're watching when you're at home, what are you watching? Um, I watch a lot of, um, 2020. I know that sounds crazy and boring, but I like to, usually 2020 is kind of like right up on right what's happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I like to kind of see what's happening with the world just to stay current because I the news is so depressing. Yeah. But I like to just get it in a nutshell of like the really pressing bigger issues. As far as like TV and stuff, I'm not really a big TV watcher. I like going to the movies. So I've seen uh-huh. a couple like I saw the Sandra Bullock movie. Bird Box? Yeah. What do you think? I think I thought it was a really interesting movie. And I really like Sandra Bullock a lot. I think she carried the whole movie. Yeah, I think she- if it wasn't her as the lead, it yeah. would have 
Yeah, I wouldn't Flopped. Know. She's amazing. I love her work. So I really like that movie. I'm living for the memes. Yeah. The it's memes weird, are right? so good. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> what do you think about the bird box challenge that people I think it's so crazy, other? stupid, dangerous. I predicted this. Yeah. While I was watching it, I was like, Camilla, mm. how long do you think before people try to have parties where everybody's blindfolded and like... It's so silly. I mean, people are... People do dangerous things. That's what I like about animals. Like if an animal smells something dangerous, they don't lick it. <laughs> but people will lick it even if their butt starts falling off. Oh, yeah, they'll eat a, a Tide Pod. That, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. people will put something in their mouth even if they don't know what it'll do to them. Like animals are so instinctive, but people scare me because they just, they will hurt themselves. And Somebody like, tried to drive blindfolded. Oh, yeah, no, come on. Yes. yes. No. And the one guy who was running with his little kid blindfolded, a little baby knocked the baby into the wall. Was, what? Like, I didn't it showed like one. a guy, he was trying to be playful with his children, which I get, but he ran and he got through the doorway, but the little kid bumped in the door. It wasn't <laughs> bad. The kid was fine, but you know, Still. It's like, you're supposed to protect our kids and our, protect them. Yeah. These kids. Any other movies or TV or music or anything? Um, I really tend to, like whenever movies come out, I like to go to the movies. I find that really Awesome. I, I just, for some reason I'm just blanking out. What do you what would Any you books? say, Romy? Romy knows me so. What were we watching? What did you watch last night? The Bachelor oh, just came back last night. Yeah. Oh, you were just avoiding that. And people I forgot. Were bitching that I didn't watch it. I thought I, it was hilarious. I don't. I haven't watched it. I've seen it. A I've little never bit. seen it. It was oh, pretty no, I funny. Think I saw one episode. I loved it. I thought it was funny. I love seeing all the different girls' personalities. How do you feel about people ragging on him for being a virgin? Uh, they're ragging on him. It's kind of crazy. My nephew is Andy Grammer. Do you know him? Andy Grammer's the singer. He's, you gotta put your head up. Oh, no, no, no. He's a big pop. He's a, he's married to my niece and he's an amazing artist and he was a virgin until he was married because he's a Baha'i. He's a Baha'i of Baha'i faith. So, I think it's awesome. Like, there's actually somebody that's, you know, and his words are like, I want it to be special. I want it to be meaningful. What an incredible concept. I can't even imagine that. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't see why anybody would make fun I, of it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why they would. I don't know why they would. I just, I did not watch the episode, but I just saw everybody ragging on just like the making girls, virgin mean, jokes the about girls? him oh, wow. on the internet. Grow up. Yeah, I don't know. I, so yeah, okay, there you go. I was busted and I've been watching uh, last night. <laughs> Is I that watched. the one where the girl pretended to be Australian and she's not? No. Oh, there was a girl okay. that wore a sloth suit and pretended to talk really slow and she was not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. She wore a sloth suit. And a, could you see her face or nothing? Well, no. First you couldn't and then she took her suit off. That's oh, like the mass singer. The so she showed up as a furry. Suit, and you wanted to put the sloth suit back on and don't talk. <laughs> Ooh, burn. No, no, I'm just kidding. That was mean. I'm being mean. Sloth burn. She was cute too. They were all cute and fun. Callie, what you watching? Well, let's start. Let's start with, with the hot topic. Okay. Uh, R. Kelly. Kelly. Oh, gosh. Okay. On Lifetime. 50 interviews. Oh, my gosh. Well, I also feel like they could have made this about half as, as long as they Three did. Three hours instead of six hours. Because they kept re-showing the same clips. Like, unless I kept accidentally watching the same episode over and over again, I feel like they really just kept putting little clips in where it would go and then repeating the same clip. The moral of this story is all kinds of shit can happen to young black women and no one will do a goddamn thing for decades. For decades. That's brutal. When I was, really brutal. So, I was finished up watching it on Sunday, um, two days ago, it was the day after my husband's birthday, and he was really hungover and he was passed out next to me. And then he wakes up and he goes, fuck it, fuck it. 
what? And he's like pointing his finger and yelling. And I'm like, are you asleep? And he's pointing at R. Kelly going, fuck it. And then just fuck it. What yeah. do you mean by that? Like, fuck R. Kelly. Why are you watching this? I'm trying to sleep peacefully. Oh, that's I think oh. it, it was oh, like going into his 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 sleep. That's crazy. I, I haven't really even watched any of that. I've been so like, it's I was devastating. A, he's a damn monster. That's brutal. What's going to happen? Well, there's new charges that have been filed against him since the documentary series came out. Like, uh, he already w- went to trial over his P tape and was acquitted. But then because yeah. the the girl wouldn't testify. Right. right. So then they couldn't prove that it was her. But That's now true. because of this documentary, there's new charges filed against him in Georgia. <laughs> wow. He's a disgusting creature. Wow. I Like I was saying to Callie earlier today, I feel like it's going to be like with Bill Cosby, like the way that Andrea Constand was like they're not just for what happened to her, but for what happened to everyone that yeah. there's going to be someone else. Some who's kind of justice. Take him down as a placeholder for decades of women. Yeah. And I really love yeah. that. Um, who's the one, the only one that agreed to be on the tape. Uh, Chrissy Teigen's boo, my favorite Chrissy Teigen. Who's her? Chrissy husband? Teigen. Oh, John Legend, John Legend. He yeah. was one of the, like so many celebrities were asked to, to speak out and a lot of people were like, no, I don't want to. Yeah, get in the middle of it. And John Legend was like, no, I'm not supporting that bitch. I'll talk about his ass. I'll go on. Oh, yeah, John Legend went in. in. And then uh, I think it was Questlove was asked. And he, did, he didn't go on. And he was like, oh, no, I don't support him. I just yeah. didn't want anybody to think that I thought he was a musical genius because I was afraid that that was how they were going to edit it. So I was like, I'm not even going to oh, wow. touch on that, but also fuck yeah. R. Kelly. <laughs> so at yeah. least he's that's good. I'm, I appreciate that. I can still like Questlove because exactly. I, I do enjoy him very much. Yeah. I finally watched The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and haven't seen and it. I really liked it because I, I like the costumes a lot and I yeah. love the Lenny Bruce going on mm-hmm. the Lenny Bruce character because I had just watched Lenny with Dustin Hoffman and then after I watched Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, then we watched Looking for Lenny, the documentary, um, about how he did, like, you know, comedy that would really push people. Mm-hmm. And that was right when the Louis C.K. just shat on himself again and insulted every you know, everybody. But the jokes were not funny and the jokes did not. Right. Making fun of school shooting survivors. Like, you have to have some kind of message if you're going to do that. It's just like a rape joke. Could be funny, but you can't have the victim as the funny part, as the butt of the joke. And Lenny Bruce was really about freedom of speech, but also you have to f- use your freedom of speech to to not just fuck with people. You have to do something better, raise awareness, and somehow. And there was a really good bit where he says like every insulting word to everybody in the audience, like the N word, the C word, and yeah. you know he's calling everybody out and pointing at him and making everybody feel uncomfortable. And then he was like, "But we have to take the, away this, like, what this word, this word's meaning." And word is this word is just a word in this context, which I don't necessarily agree with that. But I, the joke actually made sense, and he tied it up. So in the end, you weren't insulted. You were like, "Oh, he had a point. He just didn't got get it. It up here and insult people to their faces." Yeah, got it. Right. It was really good. Both those documentaries, and that trickled down from Mrs. Maisel. And then I've been watching this creepy, creepy. Well, I finished it already because it's so creepy. You have you heard about this? Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. It's Penn Badgley from um, Gossip Girl. And it's basically like a Gossip Girl, but horror style, kind of. And And it's called You? Yeah. Where are you watching it? it? It's on Netflix, I think. 
And Shane Mattel from Pretty Little Liars is in it. And then nobody else anybody's ever heard of. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's so fucking creepy. And the like, he's just meets a girl in a bookstore. He works in a bookstore. And then he starts stalking the fuck out of her and tricking her into, into dating him. But my main takeaway is that if you have, you should always have curtains in your bedroom. I think so. I, I feel weird if I don't have curtains. Not to say that it's her fault that he was watching her have all this sex that she was having all the time, but as as just in life, people should try to get curtains for yeah, their bedroom, right. especially just in you, life. If you're on the Do first like- floor with a street facing bedroom, come on. So true. He couldn't. Come I mean, I get bugged out on the fucking third, fourth floor if my blinds are up. <laughs> yeah, I get weirded out. What about Bates Motel? Did you guys ever watch that? Yeah. yeah. That was we the last had show Vera I had. We got on the cover for oh, Bates cool. Motel in it. I thought I, she I, did a bang up job. The, is that the blonde Lily lady? She's the mom. I love her. She's an amazing actress. She was so good in She that. was really one of the best actresses I've seen in a while, but I love that show. That was the only show I actually got into where I started like watching it a lot. Oh, really? Least, I, I don't know why. I just thought it was really good. I was like, I wow. I love to she, binge. I'm a binger. But I'm also a weed smoker, so once I get in the bed, I'm not getting out of it. <laughs> so we were going to talk about Masked Singer. I watched The Masked Singer because you told me to, and that show... Who's in that? That show is crazy. Well, I don't know, because they're wearing insane costumes. Is it like a pop singer? Well... <laughs> there are many masked singers. It's been, you know, like cosplay, like giant all over. Sure, I see it all the time. I outfits. do conventions. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like a singing competition like you were on. Yeah. But the competitors are all in full head-to-toe cosplay. It's kind of funny. And it's they're amazing. famous. Yeah. Some of them are actually famous singers, and some people are famous for other reasons, like they're athletes or they're actors. They or- said, I, I, I got down the amount, what the nominations were, which when I was trying to figure out who everybody was, I was like, well, somebody needs to be from Broadway because there's 65 Grammy nominations, 16 multi-platinum albums, 16 Emmy nominations, nine Broadway shows, four stars on the Walk of Fame, and four Super Bowl titles. All those people wearing the costume? Yeah, yeah, yeah those pretty- are the people wearing the costumes. And wow. then the the... Host is Nick Cannon, and the judges are Ken Jong, Jenny McCarthy, Nicole Scherzinger, and Robin Thicke, and they're judging these costumed critters and also trying to figure out who's in the costume. That's pretty. It's funny. based on a Korean show that like got. Are enormous. they singing? The they're costume? singing. Yeah. Like it's literally a you singing competition. You can't recognize they're singing. From like their the voice. Well, they like talk in this little mini voice. Like they do. Like a. They distort their speaking voices. It sounds really like a acid trip it's it crazy. is it's, it's on so fox insane. and it just started and i would not have even been watching it except for callie told me that i must and now i'm obsessed i feel and you can tell me if you think i'm right or wrong i think that the peacock is someone like wayne newton oh see most people think the peacock is donny osmond he could i i did mention mm-hmm. donny osmond also in my but wayne newton would have more well donny osmond has a walk of fame star. yeah wayne newton is currently performing in Las Vegas. So his he's like warmed up and ready. Jenny he's McCarthy like a real Vegas, and they give you clues. Romy thinks it's Donnie. So Donnie. Yeah, I, I think it, I'm, I'm leaning towards Donnie. But oh, um, right. I love that crazy Jenny McCarthy. Why she's even on there, I don't know. What is she doing on there? She's, she's a, a judge. judge. Well, she hosts the 
drop into the ball. She got another yeah, She does something. <laughs> but yeah, she hosts she the keeps, anti-vaxxers ball, and that's why she's canceled <laughs> to me. She keeps yelling all these, like, she's like, Lady Gaga. And I'm like, Lady Gaga is not going to be on a masked competition where she'll be like, Beyonce. No. And I'm like, these people. Just stop guessing gotta, Beyonce. It's not go Beyonce. go lower or, old, like, older. Yeah. Everything crazy. she guessed, I'm like, opposite of her. But the most intriguing cosplay oh. is this character that's this crazy one-eyed monster called the monster really because i'm leaning towards the lion is my favorite i have the lion winning. but the reason i'm intrigued by the monster is they they give like a slut like a, a teasy little backstory to try to get you to guess who it is and they say like the monster was like i've been out of the spotlight for a while because of, i had to hide in a cave i had to hide away because of things that i've done and now i'm back and he has like a really really good r&b voice so i'm like oh it's r kelly or chris brown oh i think it's CeeLo. you think it's CeeLo who had to hide away because he had rape allegations and then he tweeted that it's not rape if they're not awake or if they're unconscious or something like that. And then he Crazy. had to, yeah, so that, that would right. put you in See a cave. That. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that it could be. <laughs> <laughs> but his voice is really good. But, but we know that there's dude. probably someone that has Me Too'd and been removed. Right. Wow. Get him out the of there. The only way he's he can get back on TV is in a full, <laughs> full body monster. coverage outfit. Crazy. Uh, and also, uh, what's it, what's uh, who's Ken? What's his last name? Ken Jeong. He's my favorite thing. He's the, my favorite host. I love him. He should be on everything. Yeah. He's not canceled, right? No. Good. Thank goodness he's not canceled. <laughs> he's a treasure. So anyway, I'm loving that. And um, that's, that's pretty much what I've been doing. Excellent. What have you been watching, baby? Boo. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> I have not gotten far but i did start watching tidying up with marie kondo on netflix and oh me too i do want to throw out everything that i own really yeah I what just, is that is that a show about tidying so up? she is i need to watch that. A, an organizational expert she wrote this book that i got pretty into because of our um online editor erica she brought it into this office and it sort of like what caught it called? fire it's called tidy oh the life-changing magic of tidying up and you might have read that it's like when you take every possession that you own and you hold it in your hands and you ask yourself, does this spark joy? And if it doesn't, you get rid of it and you get rid of like everything that you own except for the things that you like, are that legitimately book. joyous about. I got rid of eight giant hefty bags full of clothes when I first read that book. I gave them all to the Bowery Mission. I hope they're tricked oh. out because of me. Um and I got rid of over 200 books. Whoa. Wow. I did not throw them away for all the people who are freaking out that she's saying right. get rid of books. They went to the used bookstore. Right. I do really like the, the categories are like uh, things that, you know, are, are like symbolic to you. Uh-huh. And then books is its own category. And then the rest of your house. Like books is its own thing. Yeah, it's and like then the clothes, <laughs> books, sentimental items. And then everything else. So she has a show now too. Yeah. So there was this book, and now she has a show, and it's I have on to Netflix. Watch that. She's and it's kind really of like sweet. Queer Eye, where like she goes in, and it's sort of like as a holistic, like get, you get to know the family, and they want to change their lives, and somehow tidying up is going to change their whole lives. But um, watching this show and then watching Hoarders <laughs> is my favorite. Yeah. Current I've watched Double Hoarders. Bill. Oh. That's just like, whoa, that yeah. stuff just like, There's wow. some intense stuff I don't there. feel great about myself watching it because it's mental illness yeah. on parade and that, and I'm it like is. so into it. But but I, they're helping them. 
And they're right. teaching people that are watching, I think. Except so. for when they're not. When they're like, well, this person won't change and we can't help them and we're going to leave them here in their filth. Goodbye. But that's also some I've not reality, seen many though. of those uh, episodes. I haven't seen a lot where they just left them in the filth. I've seen a lot where they actually have some recovery. So that's pretty good. Right. An animated show that I've been getting into also on Netflix is Agretsuko. Have you heard of it? No. It's a new character from Sanrio, the Hello Kitty people. You love some Sanrio. And uh, Retsuko is a red panda who is a career gal in Tokyo. Really a panda or is it a girl in a panda suit? No, no, it's it's animated. Well, you know, they said Hello Kitty is not a cat. Oh, right, right, right. She's just supposed to be a girl in a right they say that she's a red panda and i believe them (laughs) and the important thing is is that she deals with a lot of corporate bullshit and sexism in the workplace and then to blow off steam she screams black metal at in a private karaoke room at night this is relatable and she's like has a cute cartoon voice like yours during the day when she's working and then she's like my boss is a pig my <laughs> boss is a pig that sounds awesome. awesome now i want to with her this. own little microphone that she carries in her little purse and i have a travel karaoke microphone because you mean business that's also dangerous i haven't really brought it out on the streets too much because i'm terrified that somebody's gonna stop to use their phone on the stairs and i'm just gonna pull pull my mic out and be like what are you doing <laughs> and just like Hit disco lights and scream at them for not moving in the stairway. It's anime. It's adorable. It's Sanrio. It's everything that I want in a cartoon. It's feminist. That sounds awesome. And it's very adorable. And I want to put both Buttercup and Agretsuko on everything. Yay! That's what I'd say, too. (laughs) (laughs) And wear them as badges of the resistance because they are my spirit animals right now. I love it. And that, my friends, is what I've been watching. I wish I had more to share with y'all, but I think I've got to catch up on my pop culture and get on. You've been a delight. Thank you. You didn't disappoint. A joy. Thank you so much for visiting us. Nice to see you. Loved seeing you, too. And with that, we will draw this delightful gathering meeting of the minds to a close thank you so much much, first and foremost eg daily thank you so much for being here um and where can people find you on the socials yeah you guys can find me at real eg daily daily is spelt like daily news so it's just real eg daily on instagram real eg daily on twitter facebook i'm out there just make sure it's a real one and not a a fake one there's a couple of fake ones imposters and then uh e- yeah my website has a lot of stuff on there you can actually get to the handles for my website but it's egdaily.com and there's like a one woman show that i that i um that's up there that you can download and uh for digital download there's a voiceover seminar that i taught that you can digitally download if you're interested in voiceover there's a whole bunch of stuff on the website awesome. and all the videos but especially go check out the so pretty song cuz that's the most current it's up there too, the So Pretty song. And my Instagram has the blooper reels of So Pretty, which is worth seeing. So check those out. Awesome. And then while you're at it, don't forget to check out The Hunter Daily, my daughter, and my other daughter, Tyson. I am not Mike Tyson. <laughs> I love that handle. Yeah. Make it clear, make it known. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much also to our luscious audio engineer for this episode, Logan Del Fuego. Thanks, Logan. You're the best. And of course, our girl gang at Bust Magazine. You can find me on Twitter at Emily Rems. You cannot find Callie on Twitter. No, no, no. Don't even try. But you can email both of us. I'm at Emily Rems at Bust.com. Callie W at Bust.com. 
And you can learn more about us and this show at bust.com slash Pop-Tarts. Finally, please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Like, we don't want people staggering around like in the Bird Box Challenge (laughs) in the dark, not knowing where we are or how to find us. Or what the birds mean. Or what the birds even mean. We want it to be clear and and present and in their faces and in their minds that we are a podcast that they should be listening to. And that will happen if we get on the charts. And we'll get on the charts if you rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. So please do not neglect to do that for us. It really helps us get the word out. We super duper appreciate it. And until next time. Mwah. Mwah.